again? No, not yet, Andrew. I have thought of something else for you to do. Oh? I have in mind a few games of chess. You do play, yes? Of course. I'd be delighted to play a few games. Behold. Hey, is that one of those... I believe chess Turk is a term you were looking for. And not just any chess Turk, mind you. This is, in fact, the chess Turk. I'm not sure about this. I mean, I'm very happy you let me out of the basement to play a few games. That's where you should be. But I never really pictured that. That, for your information, was quite famous in its day. A mystery of mechanical engineering that defeated the likes of Napoleon Bonaparte and Benjamin Franklin. But it was a trick, wasn't it? Some legless sailor hiding inside and pulling the levers. Mm, with all your complaints of being bored lately, I should think you would relish the opportunity for a little diversion. Besides, you're rather small. You should be able to keep your legs. Hold on. You're expecting me to get inside that thing? Why should I have to climb inside that just to play a few games of chess? Because, my dear boy, people love theater. Who would pay to play against Andrew from Nova Scotia, Canada, when they could play against the Turk? Oh, you mean I'm not going to be playing against you? When you said how about a few games of chess... I thought you meant we would be playing each other. You have no idea how difficult it was for me to obtain that piece for my collection. You should show a little gratitude that I am allowing you to help me with continuing my research on the gullibility of humanity. <coughs> what is that noxious stench? Oh my, it has been a while since I took in that stench. Not to worry, Osgood always comes prepared. I just happen to have a pocket full of posies here. Hold them against your nose. No, no, tighter. Tighter. That should mask the odor somewhat. Come now, inside with you. <coughs> ah! Something's digging into my back. My, 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 how you writers do love to complain. Move your knees there so I can close the door. Keep them in. Ow! Oh dear, perhaps I was rather prematurely optimistic about letting you keep your legs. Uh, I'm getting a cramp. Silence, Andrew. It's time to begin. Quiet. <laughs> the posies, they aren't working. Shush. Wait! Good evening and welcome to the Gallery of Curiosities. I am Osgood, as always, your humble host. 
Our story this evening comes to us from Liam Hogan. Mr. Hogan is a London-based writer and host of the award-winning monthly literary event, Liars League. He was a finalist in SciFest LA's Roswell Award 2015, losing out to Grandma's Sex Robot, and has had work published at Daily Science Fiction. This story previously appeared in the steampunk anthology of Airships and Automatons by Witty Bard Publishing. It will be read for us by Miss Gemma Hewitt. Mechanical by Liam Hogan Read by Gemma Hewitt Night to B4, von Keppelen said, his English only slightly accented. The itch on my end of my nose was getting worse, but I ignored it, just as I ignored the urge to lift the edge of the blindfold. My hand still smarted from the last attempt, and if I hadn't been promised payment, I'd have jacked it in there and then. My stomach rumbled. This stupid game had gone on far too long. Bishop to E5, reveal check, I replied. I heard the wooden piece clanking down up to its new home on the board, and a half grunt from my opponent. King to C7, I interrupted. Unwise. Knight to D5, checkmate. Your best move is pawn to b3, but it will cost you your queen. You should have taken the exchange when you had the chance. My, you are the impatient one. Still, you may remove the blindfold, miss. How little they thought of me to forget my name already. Haley, I said as I pulled away the strip of dark cloth. Sarah Haley, and I believe you owe me a half crown, Herr von Keppelin. I had not expected the lazy smile with which this was met, and my fingers almost flew to the blade I kept hidden in the lining of my coat. All in good time, von Keppelen drawled. Tell me, Miss Haley, what is your height? My height? I coughed, what the devil? Five foot tall, would you not say, Mr. Doyle? Mr. Doyle spoke for the first time since he'd blindfolded me. Five one, sir, and either ninety-three or ninety-four pounds. I'd stake a shilling on it. Well, you're the expert, Mr. Doyle, von Keppelin said. Mr. Doyle was a hangman and a very good one before he found his way to me. You know how a hangman judges the weight of the condemned. I shuddered as I remembered Mr. Doyle's firm handshake. Now look, calm yourself, Miss Haley. Mr. Doyle, a half crown, if you will. But if you want more, a half crown a day plus food and lodgings, then come see me tomorrow at five o'clock. I caught the coin as it flew across the smoky room, but I didn't move, not yet. A girl has to put up with a lot to make it in this world, and I preferred the games to remain firmly on the checkered board. Is this about the Turk? I asked defiantly. Ah, von Keplin grinned. It seems our reputation precedes us, Mr. Doyle. Of course it did. The mechanical Turk was the sensation of the day. I'd learned about it from my father, God rest his soul, but back then it was reported irreparably broken until it had reappeared over the channel in Paris a little under a year ago. And now here it was, newly arrived in London. 
If you're going to ask me to play against the Turks, sir, I said, I don't need to come back to tomorrow to decide. I'll gladly do it. Good girl, von Keplin smiled. You'll take my pay then and come into my service. But there are two things you need to know. The first is that my business is my business. I will not stand for loose talk and the disclosure of the secrets of any of my inventions will not go unpunished. You can, I trust, keep a secret. I can, if the pay is regular. It is. He held out his hand and I looked at it suspiciously. He had yet to tell me the other thing I needed to know. Still, a half crown a day was a persuasive argument and I assumed we would go no further unless I agreed. I shook. And the second thing, I asked, our hands still join. His smile stretched from ear to ear. Why, Miss Haley, I don't want you to play the Turk. I want you to be the Turk. I suppose it should have been obvious. The Turk, the chess-playing automaton, the mechanical wonder of the century, was a fraud. A very clever one, but a fraud nonetheless. The clockwork mechanisms did little but mask the fact that there was still space enough for an operator contained within. It took me a while to master the controls. The magnetic counters on the underside of the chessboard, the shielded lamp so that I might see the levers, and pulleys for the Turk's arm and head. I had to learn to move swiftly and silently from compartment to compartment, while the innards of the Turk were revealed to the audience before each game. The wooden panels opened to show light all the way through. I learned from Pierre, a homesick Frenchman whose trembling frame and pale white face belied a fierce intelligence, the only man I could never beat on the chessboard. But he was a broken man. I heard him whimpering in his sleep at night, and the way his hollowed eyes kept darting to the doors and windows as if looking for an escape. For a desperate return to the wife and kids he oft talked about had me doubling my efforts to master the Turk's operation. While I learned, I was paid nothing but board and lodging, the half-crown withheld until I was fit for the job for which I had been employed. My door was kept locked at night, excused with a smile by the ever-present hulking Doyle. Still, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. I attended every performance, watching the way the crowd gasped and shrank back the first time the metal arm moved, the way they laughed when the Turk shook his head as he corrected an illegal move. I learnt von Keppelen's polished spiel, the explanation for the Turk's robes and turban, the traditional costume of an oriental sorcerer, he proclaimed, all the while masking the true origin of the smoke from the lamp by which Pierre operated. At last, I played von Keppelen once more, this time as the Turk. Evidently, having performed to his satisfaction, I was told that the very next day I would finally take over Pierre's place. I'd have expected Pierre to be happy. Surely this would mean he'd be able to go home. But he just gave me a weak half-smile and retired early for the night, rubbing his bony back and not even playing our customary evening game. I won't go into detail of that nerve-wracking first session, the way the smoke sometimes escaped into the compartment, making my eyes water. 
the cramps, the slow build-up of heat, or the fact that for the last hour I played with something sharp sticking into my side. Despite it all, I emerged into a grey dusk, giddy with excitement at having played and beaten so many men, men who would otherwise never have deigned to play against a mere girl of 17 years. I was sure I'd played the best chess of my life. I'd played aggressively and won, freed from the obligation to not show up my male opposition, freed from the fear of retribution, a heady feeling that evaporated when I saw the patch of blood soaking the dark shirt I wore. Doyle's eyes lit up when he saw the injury, but von Keppelen was quick to reassure me. We'll have that fixed immediately. It must be a loose strut. The Turk needs constant maintenance, constant repairs. Where were you when... I pointed vaguely into the Turk's dark interior, though in the area I indicated there was no metalwork to be seen. Perhaps Pierre... Pierre is no longer with us, von Keppelen said. I looked at him surprised. He, he's not? He boarded a packet boat for Calais after watching your first game. It seems he was more than happy with your operation, my dear. I flitted my eyes between the pair of them, but Doyle's were back to their impassive norm, and von Keppelen's piercing gaze held no clues to why he was lying. You don't live by the Thames all your life without learning something about the tides. You will be fit to play again tomorrow, I trust, von Keppelen said, with a note of the imperative. I nodded. Of course. Sometime during the long night, my sleep destroyed by dark dreams, dreams of armies of mechanical men, men clothed in turb cloaks, wielding sharp blades, I thought I heard voices, thought I saw a light briefly appear and disappear, felt a draught stir the stale air around my bed. You said you'd fixed it, one voice said. I did, a tired voice replied. These are not the same. How can that be? I don't know. I just don't know. I thought after Pierre. We can't go on like this. Can we not? Operators are cheap, and with each the turk stronger. Besides, this is as much out of my hands as yours. Blame the emperor if you must, but never forget that somewhere out there, there is a hangman ready to measure both of us up for what happened in Vienna. That was the last time I saw the Turk, or von Keppelen, or mercifully Mr. Doyle. They really should have realised that someone who could fit into the Turk's small compartments might find a way out of their lodgings other than via the secured door. I slipped out an hour before dawn, trembling in the cold, my coat and other winter clothes left behind. I traded my necklace for a place on the coach to Oxford and from there walked the eight long miles to Abingdon, where my uncle, a bookmaker, lived. It was hard to leave London, harder still to become little more than a menial drudge at my uncle's beck and call, keeping as low a profile as I could manage. Didn't you used to play chess, he asked one day. My brother? I shook my head vehemently. No, sir, I was never any good at it. Well, pity, he said. It would have at least shown a spark of intelligence. Might have got you married and out of my hands. Though who'd take a frail, dull thing like you, I don't know. I stayed until I heard the news that the Turk had left England, destined for Leipzig. My uncle laughed when I asked where Leipzig was. 
his laugh fading to a puzzled stare when he saw the broadsheet in my hand. The dolt still assumed I couldn't read, though I'd been fixing up his mistakes since the day I'd arrived. I left him the next morning, heading back to London, to the printing houses there, a forged letter of recommendation and my ink-stained fingers as references. I changed my name and played the wide-eyed country girl in London for the first time. For a while, I followed the news about the Turk as it toured the European cities, wondering where it would be exposed. It never was, not even after it returned to Vienna and the news fell silent. Even so, I never dared reveal the Turk's secret or return to the chessboard that I loved so much. I suppose von Keppelin still owes me half a crown now I come to think about it for my one day as the Turk, but I'll waive that gladly in return for my life and for my immortal soul. Our narrator, Gemma Hewitt, is a designer and performer living and working among the beautiful hills of Derbyshire, UK, with a menagerie of small, fluffy friends. As her steampunk alter ego, Emily Ladybird, she has also written several craft books and regularly lectures on costume in the UK and in the US. You can enjoy her work at worldwideweb.patreon.com forward slash Gemma and worldwideweb.facebook.com forward slash Emily Ladybird. Now, where was I? Ah, yes. Queen's Knight to Queen's Bishop 3. Hmm, not bad. But you must practice being quieter about it, Andrew. We mustn't break the audience's suspension of disbelief. I'm trying, but it's really hard to move in here. Stifle yourself, or I'll fill it with molten lead. By the by, Gallery of Curiosities is produced under a Creative Commons International 4.0 non-commercial attribution no derivatives license. That means don't sell it, change it, or make a transcript. If you have a moment, we would appreciate a review on iTunes. It's a matter of survival, you understand. You may also find us on Facebook, Patreon, WordPress, and Twitter, or write us a nearly old-fashioned way at curiousgallery at gmail.com. Tonight's story music is in the public domain. Much easier on Osgood's pocketbook. Our theme song, as always, is Ashes, Ashes by Deus Ex Vapora Machina. My chorus is Walking Along by Kevin MacLeod. This episode was released in June of 2017. For full show notes, visit us on the web at gallerycurious.com and do visit us next time at the Gallery of... Curiosities. Hey, let me out. That's good. I can't move in here. I'm having trouble breathing. Hey, let me out. Jed? Kevin? Anyone? Checkmate.